With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. A cup of coffee with my mom. Well, that would be something if you had a sore shoulder, because I do. I'm not sure why my shoulder's sore. (laughs) That's hard. That's a mouthful. I'm I'm not sure why my shoulder's sore. Sore. (laughs) I'm not sure why my shoulder's sore. Yeah, that's hard. I'm not so sure why my shoulder's sore. I'm not so sure why my shoulder is so sure. Sore. sore. (laughs) That sucks. (laughs) See, there was a time you would have said, aw, shucks. And it would have been funny, too, because it would have had the SH, but you went right for the crude because that's Ooh. what's happened. That's what's well, happened. Well, I you. consider my audience, I mean, you two, I mean. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, well. Hey, do you know, Mom, on your screen, any of our windows, if you click on that, it'll make us bigger or you can make yourself big. Like right now, I make Chuck as small as possible because I'm tired of looking at him. I can still see him, but I make you as large as possible. Because you're my mom and I miss you. Okay. I, I do see a little square that says expand frame. Go ahead and click it. See what happens. See if you like it better. Wow. You're big. View. You're there big you and Chuck and I are small. That's well, the way it should it's, be. It's that head. You know. <laughs> you can't. That's probably why my shoulder's sore, mom. Sore. <laughs> Damn it. From carrying that ginormous noggin. Yeah. I'm walking around with a 16-pounder. Teetering <laughs> up here on my... On my shoulders. And I did my walk. This is the seventh day in a row with 40 pounds up and down the hills. So, yeah, it's a little tweaked. Oh, gosh, Mike, I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but then you're not asking me for my opinion. No, no, I'm not. And I so appreciate you realizing the difference between a solicited inquiry and just polite conversation. But as your mother, I can give it any time I darn well please, right? You can, and you do, and it is strange that we're nearly four minutes into this thing yet, and you haven't told me to wear a baseball cap, put on sunscreen, stay out of the sun, and not take rides from strangers or whatever else you're on to this week. <laughs> you don't listen to me anyway, so. I don't. Where's Dad? Oh, he was just in the kitchen trying to figure out how to set the timer on our microwave. It all of a sudden defaulted to military time. <laughs> so... Instead of two o'clock, it was um fourteen fourteen hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. He's working on that right now. He just got back from the laundry room. We have a big laundry room downstairs, and if you have an oversized load, like several sheets or a mattress cover or a quilt, then mm-hmm. you can go down and use those. They're free for anybody to use. And we have used them on one other occasion, but Dad thought he knew how to do it. So he went down and took a few sheets, mattress cover. Was there a problem with the sheets? Did something unfortunate happen that needed industrial strength cleaning? He called me a minute, like two minutes after he left the apartment and said, there's no water. How come there's no water? And then a minute later he said, 
oh, I think I put them in the dryer. <laughs> so then he took <laughs> But he solved that problem. So uh-huh. I figured I'd better hightail it down there. So I went down, and by the time I got down there, he had transferred them to the mm-hmm. washing machine. What are the odds that he put the dryer sheet into the washing machine? He did, and then he had to take <laughs> And then he had to take them out and take the two dryer sheets. The odds are 100%. The odds are very good, Chuck. Very good indeed. Well, I did give a warning as he was on his way out the door, but, you know, Dad's hearing isn't great, so he might Mm. not have heard me. We've had some feedback over the last year of of us doing this things. By and large, you're you're still very popular. People love it. Are there some specific things you would like to um, discuss? Do you have an agenda? A laundry list in this case, if you will. A laundry list, yes. We could talk about Dad's foray down to the laundry room. (laughs) I think we just did. That's done. So cross that one off, and now we're moving on. (laughs) Clothes in dryer (laughs) instead of washing room. Okay. Thought it went pretty well. (laughs) This evening, I'm going to be a guest at a book club. But I don't drive at night, and it's not until 7.30. And Wait, who? Who's invited you to a book club? I don't really know her, but she's a fan. Oh, God. And she called here and left her phone number and said that I was invited. How did she get your phone number? She doesn't have my phone number, but the, everybody in the world knows where I live. I oh, mean, she called. They right. They called the home. Okay. Right. She called the front desk and they took a message and put it in my cubby in the mail room. And hmm. um, she sounded like a normal person. Nice oh, person. Mom, they do. all sound they like normal do. people. <laughs> they all sound so freaking normal. And then the next thing you know. That's how they get you, Peg. So you're going into a stranger's house tonight or no? What? No, I decided against that because um, she lives at least 10 miles from here and it's dark at five these days and the meeting's not until 7.30 and I don't know any of these people. But I did say that if members had questions for me, I would be happy to answer those questions. Well, her son was there. His name is Mike also. Mm-hmm. And he was very savvy as far as technology is concerned. And he signed them up for Zoom. And so I'm going to do a, a Zoom meeting tonight with a book club that I've never met. But they've read my most recent book, Vacuuming in the Nude. And apparently it was popular. Well, I guess that's good. I mean, why not, right? I mean, even if it's weird, at least it'll be content. It'll be a new chapter in your next book. Well, I spoke with her and they they're totally normal people, really oh, nice sure. <laughs> people. All, all the ones who call the old age home are. <laughs> well, I think the fact that I was local, and she knew that because she follows me on social media. What's her name? I can't tell you her name. That would be, you know, she deserves some privacy. It might come in handy for the trial, for the inquest. We want to know where to look or who to call when we can't <laughs> find you anymore. <laughs> her name is Betty. Okay. Betty, the book club lady, Chuck, make a note. (laughs) Maybe her son, Mike, the tech wizard, can swing by in person and fix the microwave. Oh, maybe. I'll see how dad makes out. I'll tell you, Mike, if it's not one problem, it's another. This morning, you know, he has um, hearing aids. And when he talks on the phone, the sound goes right into his hearing aids. 
-hmm. He has a Bluetooth device, and on his phone, he can control the volume in his hearing aids. Well, they weren't working. He wasn't getting any calls. I mean, he couldn't call out. He couldn't call in. I couldn't call him. So we struggled and struggled and struggled. I asked the community, and (laughs) I finally said, let's just shut it off. So we did. We shut down, rebooted, and now everything is fine. He's getting See, this is not the story you want to tell me in front of Chuck. (laughs) Now I'm just going to set back quietly for a few moments as he goes through what we like to call the Klaus Meyer I told you so protocol. Go ahead, Chuck. You can start whenever you're ready. Yeah, so it's always good to reboot things because it resets things. And a lot of times, all of these technical issues can be solved with a simple turn it off, wait a second, turn it back on. This is a direction that I've been given to your son many times when he's had just a plethora of technical issues and he resists it with as much fervor as anyone can muster up. It's not that the advice is bad, it's just that the way it's delivered just drips with a kind of superciliousness, and um, it's difficult to reward that kind of tenor and tone with, you know, an affirmative action. I try and put it off to the side, and uh, but yeah, he's right. You mean like, have you rebooted the thing? Have you tried <laughs> yeah, rebooting? Like yeah, like that. Well, yeah. But now it's like, ah, uh, you're gonna hate what I'm about to say. But yes. You know what I'm gonna say. Have you have you rebooted? But what's bad, Mom, is like I'll have 40 windows open, which I know that's bad too. You're not supposed to have 20 or 30 or 40 windows open. But, wow. And many of those windows contain articles that I've been reading very, very quickly to try and bolster the foundation of, say, a story that I'm working on. And so I have dates over here and I have specifics over here and some other way. And mm-hmm. like all that stuff is really useful mm-hmm. to have open so I can toggle back and forth. But when I reboot, ah, it all gets lost. I got to save. It's just, you can put a man on the moon, right? Yes. I think part of it is that you don't like to be told what to do. That's not true. I mean, even if you ask for advice, <laughs> you'd rather not be told. Chuck, am I right? You might be on to something, Peggy. I'm not going to lie. I think that is a big, big part of it. Uh, if I want to get Mike to do something, I have to suggest something just a little bit worse than what I want him to do so that he can have the idea of like, well, wait a minute, what if I do this? And then I'll be like, hey, that's genius. Go for it, buddy. It's tough to yeah. do. It's so transparent, though. I know what you're doing when you do that. <laughs> so um, what else is on your list? Do you want to talk about your new book? Is it done yet? Hurry, please. Oh, Michael, is it done yet? No, it won't be done until next summer. Oh, um, come on. Yeah, it'll be out next fall. You know what? I'm 85, hon. I can't write as fast as I used to. And I have to investigate and I have to interview and I have to go out and get the story, you know? Are you a journalist now? You looking for the Pulitzer? Just write some fun, amusing stories about stuff that happens to you every 20 or 30 seconds like you've been doing. This is the part where you remind him about the 45 windows he has open for research (laughs) on the story he's writing, Peggy. (laughs) I've never had 45 windows open. I don't even think I have 45 windows to open. You got them. You've got them. That's my point. You don't need to research stuff. I'm still stuck in this story writing thing now, which has turned into this giant barking dog. I can't make it go away. I'm supposed to be writing a totally different book for the publisher, but I can't because 
Crazy Matt over at TBN is producing season after season after season of the story behind the story. So they need more and more and more and more stories. And it's just, what do they call it? The struggle is real. Well, it's really a good position to be in, yeah, to have too much content to even have the time to write it. And it sounds like that's what you have, or even enough time to produce it. I have a lot of content. But, you know, my book is going to be about our lives here at the home and the people we've met and the stories we've heard. It's all going to kind of mesh together, I hope. Mm-hmm. But I have to take the time to listen to people when they tell me stories. And some of these stories are just amazing. I love them. So it's just taking me, you know, time to write them. Just getting them all down is one thing. And then going back and doing the revision and making them really good. That's the fun part. Maybe Crazy Betty and her savant son, Mike. She's not crazy, Hunch. And she <laughs> listens to everything we do. Oh, I'm just messing with her. If she listens to everything we do, then she is chuckling right now. She's chortling in her home. Yeah, yeah. But maybe you should go in person. I mean, it gets very meta. You know, you're mm-hmm. writing a book and you get a call from a woman who loves your books to invite you to sit with them as they talk about your book and then ask you questions about your book as you're writing a new book. And that whole experience could easily become the forward in your new book, because I'm not going to write another one. I've done three. I'm tapped out. You're going to need to come up with something new. It's funny. I was talking to her this morning when I called to tell, you know, to respond to her message of two weeks ago. And she said, I love how your son writes your forewords for you and how he makes a joke about it. And I said, well, I'll let you know how he responds to my request for the fourth forward. (laughs) I can tell them tonight. You didn't tell me Betty was a fan of my forward writing. This is a... You know what? I'd like to retract the You should invite her over to the home. (laughs) Yes, have her come over. Have her come over. Next time you're here, I'll give her Mike's number. You know what? Let's call her right now. (laughs) No. Do you actually have her number? I do, but I know she's busy getting ready for her book club. Who cares? Call her and put her on speaker. Let's talk to her. She's serving dinner, and it's a big deal. I don't care. It's 11. What what time is it now? It's like 2.30 over there. She's not serving well, let's dinner. See. Well, she's, she's probably got a frozen dinner stacked up. They're going to microwave some stuff or they're going to order a pizza or something. It is pizza. She mentioned they're having pizza. Told you. Well, let's wait and see how our time goes. If we have some spare moments at the end of the show, we don't know what to talk about. All right. We can well, make this. Well, I mean, look, the end of the show might be closer than you think, Mom, but let's just keep that in our pocket. If you've got her number handy and the conversation starts to drag, we're already, what, nearly 19 minutes into this thing. Probably going to have to pause for another shameless plug in a moment. But um, Oh, if yeah. it's a jingle, I'll be interested. First the Zoom, then the call. Start with the Zoom. You think? Okay. Yes. You know, this is someone who's called her out of the blue. Right? That's true. Yes, I know. I'd like to determine whether or not I like to get the vibe. Is this a crazy person? Probably not if she likes the forewords in her books. She obviously is a woman of elevated and sophisticated taste. But Clearly. still, it's kind of feel like, you know, a dad would want to talk to the boy who comes to pick up the daughter before the date. You know, you might just want to just have a little uh, clearance. You know what I mean? She did um, talk about this my latest book, 
as being light and fun. Well, that's a compliment. I wanted it to be fun. It's not extremely light. There are some heavy parts in there, some heavy moments. The cancer story was, you know, a little laugh out loud on the serious <laughs> on the serious side. Um, but it but is called anyway. vacuuming in the nude, which yeah. uh, it, and it you is. are on the cover naked, but for a barrel draped over your animated lady parts. So well, yeah, see, I, I, that's I, I why I can't late. go in person. They might want me to revise the title, and <laughs> my hands are not up to vacuum. Revise? I think they might bring, want you to bring a barrel. The cover. Yeah, bring a barrel. <laughs> exactly. We're hmm. having an interesting um, event here on Friday. Do tell. The Catonsville Steel Drum Band is coming. They were here hmm. last year. Have you ever heard? Yeah. 15 steel drums? Or uh-huh. 20? A little bit of that goes a long way. I'll be honest with you. Well, I'll tell you, the good thing is Dad can hear it. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> I'm, we'll be able to hear it from here. The thing about, yes, I mean, I with great respect, I'm sure it's a wonderful organization. What I love about steel drums, Mom, is that they're so immediately, uh, what's the word, evocative. When I hear a steel drum, I can feel the sand in my toes. I can feel the trade wind in my hair. I can taste the margarita or the pina colada. I can mm. smell the salt in the air. Just that backdrop of that steel drum with a little bit of reggae coming in off the southwesterly breeze. Yeah, I mean, it's a vacation for your ears. Jimmy Buffett was like that. His songs just immediately, you know, put me in a vacation state of mind. That's the good part. These are children. Oh, well, I never mean, mind. What a nightmare. You have kids. Well, no, they're high school children. Probably 15 through 17 age, oh, okay. you know, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. But they had it last year, and Dad and I went. I dragged him, and he thoroughly enjoyed it. And we have some friends from the outside coming over, and they're going to have dinner with us, and then we'll go to see the steel band. And then afterwards, I talked to some of the members and they let me hit the drums with the, yeah, they let Mm -hmm. me bang the drum. But it's not just banging on drums. I mean, they have notes. Yeah. It's like a xylophone. Yeah. These are special drums and different areas have different notes. And I mean, they practice a lot. I think they're quite good and old people really like it. And there will be a full house. I will have to get there early in order to get a decent seat. You think you know Chuck? I thought I knew Chuck. And then years ago, I saw him do something I never thought I'd see Chuck do. I saw him impersonate a general contractor and basically oversee the construction of a beautiful home up in the hills somewhere. How'd that work out for you, Chuck? Well, I lost it in the divorce, but it was great while it lasted. And um, (laughs) it was nothing but good times, really, uh, building that house, you know. Takes a year of your life, and it's crazy. I remember you telling me when you were halfway into it, you liked it, but it was also consuming you. Just managing all of the moving parts of buying and building a new home, it's madness. It doesn't have to be. If you're a home builder and you're building beautiful homes, you probably run into all kinds of communication problems that leave your clients feeling as if they had a bad experience, even though the home itself is exactly what they wanted. And that is a nightmare. 
and it doesn't have to be that way. Digs is basically a software that makes it so much easier for home builders to communicate and share information in a brand new way. And it's having a huge impact on how people are getting their homes built. With Digs, you'll get more efficient planning and design. It'll help you keep your teams and your clients constantly informed during the entire build process. And the best part is Digs ensures your clients not only get their dream home, but also an extraordinary building experience. Chuck, I think it was Dale Carnegie who mm. famously said, all problems are communication problems. It doesn't matter if you blame the person talking or the person listening. When you're building a home, everybody is always doing both at the same time. This is a better way to do it. I don't care if you're having one built or if you're doing the building. Just go to digs.com micro and see how much simpler life can be when you have a plan that incorporates everyone and eliminates all those pesky communication problems at digs.com slash micro. Try Digs today for free at digs.com slash micro. Can you dig it? The thing I've noticed about them is, yes, they do have tone, but the notes are not as specific as, say, you know, a C, oh. an F. No, I believe they are. I believe they yeah. are. Yeah. Well, I believe you're mistaken. I think if you listen to a steel drum, you will hear that note but you'll hear it wavering, right? It, like within a half step in either direction. It kind of there's a lot of vibrato. Yes, right. And so as a result, you get harmony, but it's more like a tonal cluster. You know, it's not a super precise note, in other words. Well, the kids put on a show. They will throw their drumsticks up in the air and catch them like a baton, and they'll twirl around and they'll change drums with somebody nearby. They put on a show for these old people, and it's appreciated. That's nice. Sounds pretty show-offy, though, when you're flipping their sticks around like that. That's why they come yeah. every year. What did you post the other day that looked like about the most patriotic thing I've ever seen on Veterans Day? There was some concert there or something? Yes. Well, I mean, we celebrate everything here at the home. I mean, yeah, everything is celebratable. So, of course, I've come to the conclusion that there is no more patriotic group in the world than the elderly. These people, I have to admit, I don't always look at the action in front of me. We had a band. It was the Maryland Military Band, and there were eight members, brass and then percussion, of course. But the director was so well-spoken. I mean, he stood... He gave history about World War I and the Korean War, and he's really been around, very experienced, and he was really interesting. But I look around at people, and the, I mean, the place had hundreds of people in it. And I see all these white heads, and I see people dabbing tears, you know, from their cheeks, and I know that They've possibly lost somebody in, you know, in the Second World War or, or the Korean War. Or, and they have memories. And they are somewhere else in their mind as they're listening to these patriotic songs, this wonderful music. It was thoroughly enjoyable. And so, of course, I always send you a little something during these concerts. 
poor Mike, he receives something from me every Sunday because we have concerts here every Sunday. And I'll send him a little snippet, a little audio, a little video. But I don't always have time, Michael, to um, center things. and to. No, you don't. No, you don't. This is, uh, this is a great case in point. That's why I said something patriotic was happening because I recognized, like, you know, the Stars and Stripes being played. I And it was Veterans Day, so I knew that. And I saw splashes of red, white, and blue. But mostly what I saw was the back of the chair in front of you. (laughs) And the guy's head. And And he has a cochlear implant. Did you see the the device? Did you wonder what that was? No, I knew what it was. It was a big old implant in his ear, and he had uh, moles on the back of his neck. In his skull, yeah, drilled into his skull. Nothing says patriotism like a cochlear implant (laughs) and a brass band. I need this concert like I need a hole in the head. (laughs) Speaking of which. No, it's true. I don't know, though, Mom, if it's just purely, I mean, obviously, real memories and real experience trumps everything. But there's just something about music when it's done right, whether it's a steel drum or a brass band. You know, Chuck and I have talked about this a lot because we were just kids when we stood there in the course of the Chesapeake listening to those old codgers saying roses of Picardy. And oh, I mean, you know, just these beautiful Begin the old beginning. tunes. Yeah, from the First World War. And same thing, you know, looking at them and tears are running down their faces. And I mean, I don't think they were there at Ypres or the Somme or Yardin. But man, it felt like it looking at those old leathery faces and all those tears and that all that harmony. You know, it's um, it really is a mix. It's not just patriotism. It's some it's patriotism and nostalgia and just, I think, a musical sensibility combined with that thing the Germans call uh, Virchmaltz. Have you heard of that? Virchmaltz? Longing for a time that you didn't live in, right? Correct. Feeling an affinity for a time that you can't actually remember because you weren't actually on the planet. And yet, you know, some people have it. I think it's why the medieval times is such a big deal and like Renaissance <laughs> festivals. People yeah. get so into that Excalibur swordplay stuff. And and other people, maybe it's the standards or Tin Pan Alley or music as a way of making certain people just so completely, I don't know, humbled by it. These stupid yeah. jingles we were talking about, those old timey kind of, you know, those those six chords, right? Where you've got the uh, oh, sort of a, oh, let's see. It's like that. Reminds me of like the Empire commercials. And 800-588-4300, like that old-timey Christmas story kind of vibe. And the Andrews sisters and just something about that whole time is stitched together with the, uh, with the melodies of the day, for me anyway. Well, whatever it is, um, people here really respond to anything patriotic. And they were dressed in red, white, and blue, most of them, most of the people. Mm-hmm. Didn't you write a story about a 4th of July parade that everybody (laughs) loved? I forget what book it was, but it was all red, white, and blue and patriotic, and then everything turned brown. 
Yeah. When the horses started crapping all over the place and took off. Unfortunately. Well, they were responding to the military band in front of us right. and a salvo from the brass section. And the horses just panicked, spun around. And, well, when horses get upset quite often, they do lose control you know, of their paths. You know, I've heard that's an instinct of, uh, you know, that that's like a an instinct in animals to make yourself lighter because it's it's a, a survival fright. instinct a survival yeah. instinct thank you yeah and wow. uh, to make yourself lighter so that you can run away faster you eliminate yeah. immediately it happens yep. in humans too it happened to me all the time on dirty jobs i poop my pants i don't know certainly more than once in every season really well it's funny it you might lighten your own load as it were but it is hard to run with you know <laughs> pants full of poo yeah, oh, Michael. Uh, animals are naked, so they don't have That's that right. problem. It's really the underwear and the pants that are slowing you down. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so in the interest of tightening things up and um, staying on board, let's change the topic. I, it was just getting interesting. I mean, look, you grow up with horses. My early chores were picking up horse crap. I was struck immediately by the anatomy of the horse and the fact that its rectum was literally outside of its body. Once the tail's out of the way, you know, they can just stand and they can go, like most animals. But we're not, that's not us. I mean, Did you know that our anniversary is next week? <laughs> On the 19th, I mean, we will, 63. Mm -hmm. We were married in 1960, and this is 2023, so... 63 years. Wow. Can you imagine that? Well, no, because that makes me 64. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were legal. <laughs> Barely. By the time this airs, you will have already celebrated your anniversary because this oh, is airing right. the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, right, right. In case well, anybody wants to talk about Thanksgiving, that'd be great. Yes. Mm. Okay. I okay. could have brought a turkey. Oh, and by but... the way, if that's the case, Chuck, then then huh. my dad will also have had a birthday, and he'll be ninety-one. Ninety-one. He he will indeed uh, on the twenty-first. And you have to write a poem that's uh, nothing rhymes with ninety-one. That's going to no, be tough. everything rhymes with ninety-one. That's the yeah. Ninety was tough. 91. Nothing rhymes yeah. with ninety, but ninety ninety-one. Lots of fun. I'll be done. Call me hun. Hot cross buns. You know, endless. Hot cross buns. You familiar? No. No, I'm not. Mom, please explain to Chuck what hot cross buns are. <laughs> they are buns that are popular over the Easter season. <laughs> and they usually have, with white icing, a cross on the top of them. And so there's a religious connotation significance there. yes significance. right yes. Mm -hmm. well i don't know the story behind them so they're buns in the shape of a cross well they're like a donut without a hole or they could wouldn't be that be square. round yes or they could be square you know i've never eaten yeah. a hot cross bun actually <laughs> i've seen them but I, I don't think i have either they don't look too appealing to me but anyway i remember them in a song some nursery rhyme Hot cross buns was in them. Yeah, hot cross buns, hot cross buns. Yeah. One a penny, two a penny, hot cross buns. Yeah. Or something like that's that. That's the one. 
But yep. I don't remember why we would say that. I guess it's mm. just a nursery rhyme. It's a nursery rhyme. Hot cross buns. You can look it up, Chuck. I'm sure it is. It sounds pretty adjacent, actually, to Three Blind Mice. Mm. Hot cross buns, hot cross buns. See how they run. See how they <laughs> run. Hot cross buns. <laughs> I love violent Not... nursery rhyme. Three Blind Mice? Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, it really is. They cut off their tails with a carving knife. Have you ever seen such a sight in your life as three blind mice? Poor mice. Nobody seems to like mice. Well, no. I think they're kind of cute. No, they're not. They're really not. They're cute by themselves, but they're never alone. There's a place here called the Farallons. It's an island about 20 miles out in the Pacific from San Francisco. Uh And I saw pictures the other day. It's overrun with mice. It's like like six inches deep over the entire island. They're crawling over top of each other. It's a plague of mice, and they've eaten everything on the island. And nobody's quite sure what to do with them. They want to poison them, but they're afraid if they poison them, the birds that come in and eat them are going to get the poisons, and then there's going to be a like a big bird death or something. Do people live on the island? No. Well, then I think maybe they'll eat each other and eventually they won't. You think the mice will eat each other? Probably. That's what happens. Does it? It's very Lord of the Flies. I mean, you know, I remember having a hamster that ate its young. That was pretty disturbing. Yeah, that's not That's not. See the mommy hamster just looking up, you know. Just. You saw that? Thought she was feeding oh, one of the young. Yes. Birth control. Oof. Holy yeah. God, that explains so much. How old were you when you saw the hamster, your pet hamster, <laughs> eating its young? I was like in my 30s because. Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> so much for that theory. It was a kid's hamster. <laughs> Why do you, did you have a pet hamster when you were in your 30s? Really? Uh, my <laughs> wife's kids did, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Do you remember this story where she saw this and she got so overworked, she grabbed the hamster, opened the front door, threw the hamster out, (laughs) and the kids came home from school and they were like, "Um, where's the hamster? I don't even remember the hamster's name. And and, uh, she says, oh, she got out. She got out front. How did she get? She got out and then opened the door and went out front or whatever. (laughs) And the kids were like, Chuck, please find the hamster. Please find the hamster. So I went out there, you know, which was just a ruse basically, but I got a flashlight. I thought, well, you know, he might be around here somewhere. And I'm on my hands and knees looking around with a flashlight for about 10 minutes through these bushes. And then I hear like somebody step on something and I turn around and there are two coyotes who are creeping up on me. And they just freeze when I put the light on them. And I like, I get up real quick and I look on the other side and there was basically out the front door about six feet away was a wall with some bushes and that's where I was. So there were two on either side of me. Wow. And I like, like I stood up and I went, don't you even think about it. And I waved my hands and started yelling and flashing them in the face and they just backed off. But if I hadn't heard that, that could have gotten real sporty real fast. Well, were they running. emboldened by the fact that you were crawling around the ground and looked smaller? Yeah, I would imagine so. I don't know what they thought. I've never – I wasn't out there a lot of time, but I was out there long enough, you know, that they saw me and came up on me. I mean, we used to hear them all the time. We were right on the edge of the Angeles National Forest. I saw everything, deer, owls, 
scorpions, rattlesnakes. It was it was like it was the wild. It was a petting there. zoo up there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Did they have hamster on their breath? You know what? I did not get that close, thankfully. <laughs> like, I mean, as, as soon as I heard, I whipped around and, and the, they just sort of stopped. Like, I, you know, literally just stopped, froze with one paw in the hand, in the air. And they're very close to the ground. And I knew immediately they were sneaking up on me. And I just jumped up and said, don't you even think about it. They were in hunter mode. So did you get out of there real quick? I did. I did. I mean, they. Yeah. I just waved around like crazy and they started backing off. And then I backed up to where the front door was and went in and said, nope, that hamster's gone. <laughs> that was how that It's like ended. a perfect circle of life story. I mean, one minute you're watching a hamster eat its young. The next minute you're searching for it in the bushes. It had probably already been eaten by the coyotes. And then ultimately you're consumed. And so, yeah. that, I mean, what a day. Mom, where's Chuck? Where's Chuck? Yeah. You know, yeah, and then she goes out, out, and then one by one, the whole family gets wiped out by coyotes. <laughs> Thanks to a hamster that ate its baby. Don't see Chuck, but there are four really fat coyotes out there. <laughs> coyotes are enormous. <laughs> well fed. I kicked a coyote. All right, that, told me six, that, seven yeah. months ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. he was after Freddie. That thing came out of the bushes, low and fast, coming straight at us, and I had him on a leash. And happily, he was only about four feet away, so I yanked him back and stepped forward and kicked at the same time, and the thing ran off. Freddie was on the leash, not the coyote. Yeah. Peggy, you, the look on your yeah, face is changes. Poor Freddie. Yeah. I'll tell you. He is. He's on the menu, man. Freddie's game, no matter where he goes. I mean, he can't even go in the backyard without big birds coming down trying to eat him. Death from above. Poor Freddie. Death from the bushes. I mean, everywhere. Yeah, he is on the menu. He is just a delicious brown treat. Birds have been eyeing him for years. You should have a big cage for him in the backyard. Poor yeah, Freddie. I'll work on that. Yeah, he'll be all right. Yeah, we're <laughs> wondering, <laughs> are you going to invite us for Christmas? No. Oh. Would you come if I did? i think about it. Dad is dying to go. Anywhere. <laughs> Anywhere. I know. I know. I mean, after the laundry room, you'd think you'd be satiated. But no. He wants to get on a plane and travel. He would love to go. You know, those darn Viking cruise commercials, they come mm. up all the time. I'm sick of them. Just when he forgets about traveling, then one of those commercials. His eyes glaze over and he says, Sailing through the heart of Europe. We haven't been there, hon. We ha I'd love to see that, he says. I'm thinking if I can maybe um, get him on a nice trip domestically, he, he'll he forget about going. I'm kind of scared to go across the ocean now. I know that's foolish of me, but he's 90 and I'm 85. And what if we get sick and we're in another country, you know? Hmm? I wouldn't if I were you personally, but I get it. He wants to, you know, he's worked hard his whole life and, and really didn't travel all that much. You guys, you, you weren't big travelers at all. Well, we've seen pretty much of the United States. We've seen. Oh, we've you have traveled now. A lot. Once you got the kids out of the house, yeah, but we didn't go anywhere when we were kids. <laughs> well, that's because you, two of you threw up in the car. We'd get a mile from home and they'd start throwing up. You know, they had, what do you call, travel sickness. They had car, car sickness. Car motion sickness, yeah. Motion not me. sickness. No, not you. You were... Able to mm -hmm. go places, but Scott and Phil, I never left the house without a coffee can. 
I'd have a coffee can for each of them. You know, we lived like a mile from church, and one Sunday they both threw up on the way to church. <laughs> and people would say to me, well, there are drugs. You can give your children drugs, um, and they'll just sleep until you get there. Well, that doesn't seem like a good choice. Maybe something to help us sleep through the whole service would be nice. What service? The church. Service. Oh, church service. I mean, service. you can't administer a drug to knock a kid out for one mile. I mean, that's like nothing. <laughs> that kind of microdosing, I don't think, is wise. This is one of the best products I've ever come across. It was created by a guy. I'm not sure, Chuck, it's fair to call Arthur Lee a great businessman because I'm pretty sure he's losing money giving mm. away life facts the way he's doing. Yeah, he's giving away one to every school in the country. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Arthur is such a nice guy. He was on the podcast like a year ago. We spoke for a while because he's an innovator. He would have been great on returning the favor. You know, he's just one of those guys who woke up agitated because he saw a real problem, lots and lots of people choking to death and just decided to do something about it. He created this device. It's called LifeVac. He made it in his garage mm -hmm. and he started selling them, you know, for a really affordable price. And people started buying them. And then the craziest thing started happening. He started getting letters and pictures of people who would be dead, but for his product. Right. And now his headquarters is just filled with the faces of the living. And so far, right. you know, eight people who listen to this podcast, their lives have been saved as a result of this product. Say something about the school initiative, Chuck, because you just talked to his person over there and it sounds like they're taking it up a notch. Yeah, well, just saying to everyone out there, if you know of a school that does not have a life vac, you just contact Arthur Lee and he will send one to your school for free at his cost. And um, he's determined to put one in every single school. And uh, he's already saved lives in school. He's also got it in Costco. It's in every Costco now. And three people's lives have been saved in a very short period of time in Costco from the food court. It's unbelievable. And it's a little weird, but I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Thanksgiving, like we are in the holiday season. And this is like, if you draw a chart that correlates choking victims with holidays, it always goes in lockstep. I don't know what it is. But I guess people eat more. There are more group gatherings, you know, yeah. people are jamming their face full of turkey and they're talking while they're eating and suddenly somebody starts to choke. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but if you have a life fact within reach, you've got the ability to save a kid's life or your grandmother's life or even your own life. There are stories of people who've used LifeVac on themselves to yep. get an object out of their throat. It's an amazing product and you should get one. I honestly can't think of a better present for somebody you care about, including yourself. It's LifeVac.net. You get 20% off your full price purchase by using Mike at LifeVac.net. LifeVac.net, 20% off your full price purchase when you use my name, which is an honor. The fact that my name is being associated with people whose lives are being safe, come on, doesn't get much better than that, does it? No, the only thing that makes it better is the new song that you wrote for LifeVac. Oh, well, that's very kind of you to say. Let's listen to it now. It's no joke when you choke, so get LifeVac and live without breath. They'll be death. So get life back and live. Get life back and live. Get life back, life back, life back and live. Life back and live. You know, Mike, in fact, I wrote about this. I can't remember which book it's in. 
I think it's in the current book. Your friend growing up, your best friend, John, mm-hmm. his family had a camper and they had a tent. So they yeah. invited our family to go camping with them. Was it the Outer Banks? Yeah. No, no, no it was far. Virginia Beach. It was like Beach. Shinkatig, Virginia it Beach. It was Virginia Beach. And yeah. so you and John and his parents slept in this big camper, which was kind of plush, you know, relative to our tent on the sand. It was the worst experience I've ever had in my life. It was the worst three or four days. It was like 100 degrees down there. It was July. 100 degrees. Mosquitoes the size of dune buggies. They were enormous. Humid. The sand stuck to everything. We had sand in every crevice of our body. There was sand in the food that we ate. I remember Phil saying one day, my hamburger, my sandwich has sand in it. It's crunchy. (laughs) And Scott said, well, it is a sandwich. (laughs) Scott was so smart. Was that the trip where like Philip got clobbered by a wave or something and had to go to the hospital? He got knocked over by a rogue wave. That's what the fire department called it and dragged along the bottom. And his ears filled with black sand from the bottom. He surfaced and screamed. You could hear him a mile away. So we called 911. And they were there in no time and took him to a hospital that was quite a distance away. And I rode with him. He screamed the whole way. Those guys, man, they blew that siren the whole way so they wouldn't have to hear Philip. And then dad followed in our car and you stayed behind, of course, you and Scott stayed behind in the swimming pool. But anyway, it was terrible. And we got into the hospital and we walked into the emergency room. It was clean. It was spotless. It was pristine and cool. And that Philip... Yeah. Phil sat up on the table swinging his legs. He said, Mommy, if you and Daddy want to go back to the campsite, I don't mind. I'll stay here. (laughs) And your father said, if I'm going back to that hellhole, you're going with me. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we didn't take a lot of vacations, Chuck. (laughs) This is why. Yeah. Mike rode in the car with his friend. Mm-hmm. And we had Phil and Scott with us, and we kept pulling over so they could throw up, you throw know, up. on the side of the road. <laughs> and then our water hose or some hose in the car broke, in and we radiator. had to. Yeah. It was just not fun. Not a fun experience. But I think Mike and Scott might have had fun. But then when we got back from the hospital, I said to Phil, you can get in the pool with the boys. It'll be fun. They had a really nice big pool. So we got back. Nobody was in the pool. Do you remember why? Was there some sort of bodily problem? Yes. Yeah, somebody had gone to the bathroom in the pool, and it floated mm-hmm. to the top, and it was floating around. And I said, oh, look, it's floating around like a buoy. And your smart brother, Scott, said, oh, it's a buoy. <laughs> he was on fire that day, first with a sandwich and then with a buoy. Yeah, it's a miracle he's not writing for the uh, late night guys at this point. <laughs> it was like that scene from Caddyshack, Chuck, with Bill Murray and the baby uh, Ruth. Yeah. Baby Ruth, yeah. yeah. 
It's not so bad. That was a horrible week, really. But, I mean, thank God it happened. What what would we be talking about but for that? At this Certainly point? not Thanksgiving, which is tomorrow. No, it is oh, tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow's but, you Thanksgiving. Know, <laughs> so, at, Chuck, what are you doing? After shutting me down with the horse poop and everything else, she brings it back to human feces in a swimming pool. Right? But I didn't use any language. It's okay when she does it. I called yeah. it a little brown floating buoy. And Scott called it a poo. But anyway, what are you doing for Thanksgiving, Chuck? You have plans? Uh, I've got a couple of offers. I haven't. Uh, I'm deciding. I'm just waiting. You know. Oh, to, you're waiting uh, to see what the best yeah, one see, is. Yeah, get the best offer, and then uh, you know, then I'll go. You probably should let them know by tonight. You think? Probably. Think probably. probably. When is it? It's the tomorrow, 20... the 23rd. Oh no! I mean, in real time, <laughs> it's still the 23rd in real time. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. What's today? Today in real time, it's like the 14th. That's correct. So okay. it's nine days from today. But this will right. air the day before. I understand. I understand. Do you? And you know what? I think people understand too. I think they understand that we're not broadcasting live. Yeah, they know that. I mean, I, I, hope, I hope they know. You think anybody really stays on to the end? No. No. Well, you know, the last one that we did, we said, write a five-star review and tell us if you were still listening at this point. And then you and said, if little... you can find out how to do it. Yeah, if you can yeah. figure out how to do it. And there were a, a lot, lot of people. Of people. Yeah. A oh, lot of five-star reviews that started with, I'm still listening. Amazing. I heard it all. Yeah. You know, I think It's incredible. Yeah. You know what, Mom? I thought about this the other day, and I hope this isn't true. I noticed you called me yesterday. Yeah. And I didn't pick up because I was in the middle of recording a jingle that I'm just going to re-record in a few minutes from now anyway, which has probably already aired during this episode. Sorry, Mike, you're not getting your nail file out to file your nails, are you, Peggy? No, I'm not. Oh, my mother? Yeah, you are. She might be. That's what you were doing? Oh, Unbelievable. I like. I heard the drawer open, and I'm like, you're not going to do that, are you? She wouldn't do that. <laughs> never, was. never again. I didn't realize you would notice got to be kidding me. I have a little snag nail here, and I just was going to take care of it, but it'll wait, honey. No, you can can do it now that we're talking about it. That's fine. Yeah, you might as well. I've expanded the screen, so all I see are your hands in this giant nail file as I'm trying to tell this story. Go ahead, tell your story, hon. I was on the verge of confessing something. I saw your call, and I couldn't take it at that moment. And then when I finished doing what I was doing, I had something else, and I thought, "Ah, you know what? I'm going to talk to her tomorrow on the podcast. What's the point in calling her now? I'm not sure how I feel about that. (laughs) Knowing that I'm going to talk to you in front of a few hundred thousand people is somehow maybe diminishing the amount of time we would chat, just the two of us. And that's unfortunate. But, you know, what can you do? Well, when your parents are kind of old, you really should take the call. (laughs) And you can always say, I'm in the middle of something, and I always respect that. I could be at the hospital or something, or your dad could be right. in the hospital. Or in the laundry room. Or in the you laundry know. room. Putting putting sheets the, into the wrong device. In the dryer before they've been washed. I don't hear any water. I don't see it. I don't see any water. Hey, you know what we should talk about before we say goodbye, which is going to happen in a couple of minutes, is uh, Doug. How is Doug doing with his recent unexpected <laughs> internet celebrity? Do you know, I have not been out and about very much the last few days since that aired. And I haven't spoken to Doug, but I had to go down to one of the offices the other day and I saw our friend Dana down there. She said, oh, 
that was so funny, what you wrote about Doug. And she said, oh, no, she didn't say it. Somebody else stopped me on the way home. Anyway, she thought it was really funny, and she loved the whole thing. And then I had to go down to another community, and on the way back, a workman came out of his office. He was dressed for work. You know, he was one of the maintenance crew. And he Mm -hmm. said, oh, Mrs. Rowe, Doug is giving autographs. <laughs> so I think he implied that we've created a monster, but of course we didn't. He's a really nice young man. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, and even if you do, my parents had a leaky pipe in the shower or in the bathroom, I guess, and it created some havoc with your the unit below you. And a plumber named Doug came up to fix the problem, and my mother started taking pictures, as she does, as a sort of a self-appointed ombudsman of the human condition, and um, posted the pictures. And uh, one of the pipes was filled with gunk, and my mom told me that that was the disgusting filth off my parents' bodies, which struck me as funny. So I posted that with a photo of Doug thanking him for blah, blah, blah. And now Doug the Plumber's on fire over there in uh, Baltimore. (laughs) People can't get enough of him. He's been noticed for sure here at the home, but everybody has something nice to say about Doug. He's a nice young man, as are all of the workers here. I guess that's a prerequisite for being hired. You have to like old people. (laughs) Well, you have to not hate them. You have to be tolerant of old people. Yeah. I mean, the ones who aren't, they don't last very long, I guess. (laughs) No, probably not. So, Peggy, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? You know, I don't know. I think we'll probably just stay right here. We'll stay here. Oh, they'll have a lovely turkey dinner with all the... Oh, actually, your brother and sister-in-law have mentioned that they might come for Dad's birthday on the 21st and leave later on Thanksgiving Day. So, Really? Yeah, they... I just recalled that because he wasn't sure he's going to let me know this evening if Hmm. they can come. So that'll be nice. Holidays can be a little bit of a downer in a place like this if you don't have relatives because a lot of people have relatives come on holidays and they're in the dining rooms and the pool room and the shuffleboard and yeah. But it's nice to see the other little kids running around. Don't feel sorry for me. We're fine. No, and, no, 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 and no. And Phil might come. Oh, okay. Well, now I feel sorry for you. <laughs> sand in his ears and he'll be Throwing up the whole way here. Yeah. I wrote a story a couple years ago. I don't know if you heard it. It was called Visiting Hours. They just turned it into a TV show. And I just had a conversation with Matt about it for the new season of the story behind the story. And you guys come up in it as does the home, because there are a couple different things going on with the story. But part of it, you know, is just based on this idea that to be visited is such a wonderful thing. And it's so easy to not think about that until you find yourself in a place where your only point of contact with the outside world is people who come to see you. And so it's a story sort of about that, that was kind of inspired really by the first time I I came over there to see you guys and just got lost in those hallways. And it's just, there's so many stories to your point. There's so much for you to write about, but so many of the people there, I mean, they're engaged in activities and they're doing things, but many are waiting to be visited. Yeah, that's so true. You know, we have almost 2,000 
residence in independent living. That's a lot of people. And I would say that probably half of those people are still vibrant and vital and have a car and drive places and take vacations and live normal lives. And about half of the people are more elderly and maybe not well, and they pretty much stay to themselves and have their meals delivered or pick them up. So there's so many different kinds of people here. The people who are in their 60s and still play pickleball and softball and what's that? Disc golf. Disc golf, yeah. (laughs) And disc golf. And then last week, we got our latest COVID booster. And they recommend it for people our age. And I saw people coming into that clinic setting I've never seen here before. Hmm. And these were people, some of them with caregivers and uh, some in wheelchairs and walkers. So, yeah, there are different layers of residents here. One nice thing here, there's a lot of wonderful volunteers And they go to see these people who can't come out and they read to them, you know, they'll get their mail. Altruism is alive and well here at the home. (laughs) Good. I guess. I guess it's good. It is good. Altruism. I I don't know how I feel about altruism, Mom, honestly. Well, the, the kind I'm talking about is only good. I don't think there's a downside to it. I think kindness is always good. Oh, yeah. Kindnesses. Kindness is always good. Altruism, I don't know. It's got an ism on it. It seems like most isms <laughs> come with a little bit of suspicion. Speaking of which, how'd you react to that booster? You feeling okay? Yeah, no, I was sick the next day for about a day and a half, maybe a couple of days. I think I did have a fever actually because I had chills and I had body aches. I react to a lot of things that way. Every COVID booster has left me with those side effects. The regular seasonal flu booster did not. But next week, I'm having the pneumonia shot. Oh, God. There's a shot for that. Oh, yeah. And they recommend that old people get it. A lot of old people die of pneumonia. And then in December, I have to get the shankle shot. Not looking forward to that because I have friends who have reacted very negatively to that. Yeah. I know how you feel, Mike, but I don't know. I I just have to go with the best advice of the medical profession here, and yeah. they suggest that we get these vaccines. It's a heck of a time, Mom. You know, we're living in a time when experts seem to disagree with one another on virtually every topic. I know. I worry to death about you because I know – I know what I've seen out here, and I, Chuck, you got the shingle shot, right? I did. I got both versions. Like, I got it 10 years ago, and then about five years ago, they said, uh, oh, you need a shingle shot. I go, I just got that before, and my doctor said, yeah, but that one turned out not to work. I'm like, really? Mm. So I got it again, and you get it one day, and then you come back, I forget how long later. It's about a month later, I believe. But it is, I mean, I felt like I was hit with a bag of nickels. A rough ride, yeah. I mean, terrible. I had a fever. I came home, and and my whole body ached. Everything hurt. It was hurt to walk. I was walking like an old man. I showed up at the office, and everybody thought that was Tim Conway from the Carol Burnett (laughs) show, walking around, just little tiny steps. Oof. Uh. 
But what Chuck, was the secretary's it, name? Mrs. Wiggins. Mrs. Wiggins. Mrs. Wiggins. Mrs. Wiggins. Mrs. Wiggins. Oh, yes, with her little tight outfit and her tiny little steps. It was yeah. funny. But Chuck, really, shingles is horrible. Shingles is bad. I, 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 have, I have a, a friend guy. who has only one eye because shingles went into her eye. She's younger than I am. I was just going to say, my guy at the Toyota place I go, my service advisor, he's lost vision in one of his eyes because of shingles. He was ready to kill himself. You know, thank God he didn't. But I mean, he was, it was excruciating. And now, you know, he lives with it. It's still, he lost the sight. It still flares up, but it was just terrible for him. Terrible, terribly painful. I had shingles years ago. And I don't know if you remember, Mike, but I wanted to show you my back. And I lifted my blouse just a little bit. And you said, oh, no, no more. I don't want to see any more. I was just covered with blisters around all the trunk. Mm-hmm. And Pop had him too. Oh my, he was so sick. He suffered, I mean, for at least a week, maybe two. He couldn't even lie down at night. He sat in a chair, put his head on the table, and he was, I guess, in his 80s. Yeah. You know, it's best that you were uncomfortable for a couple of days, and it's better than the alternative. some side effects. Yeah. yeah. It's the chicken pox, right? If you've had chicken pox as a child, then you are more susceptible to shingles, apparently. The virus still lives in your body, and it can become activated. That's the story. And I had the chicken pox, didn't I? You did. Yeah. You have a little scar by your eye, one of your eyes. Yeah. I should probably get that. I feel a little bit better about the shingle shot than I do about a booster, to be honest with you the other thing. Yeah. But what do I know? And I think you're pretty protected after the first one, certain percentage of protection you get, but you're fully protected after the second one. You probably should. Hopefully the second one works. <laughs> for shingles, because the first about. one didn't. Yeah, Not for shingles. Yeah. No, for shingles. Yeah, yeah for about. shingles. Yeah. Years ago, I had a shingle shot, but it was just one single shingle shot. It was a single shingle for your sure shoulder where you got shingles. <laughs> it's called Zostrix single shingle shot. A single shingle shot so your sore shoulder doesn't. A single shingle shot will assure your shoulders sore. The shingles has nothing to do with your shoulder. <laughs> oh, no, but I put it, I put it in your butt. Oh, I assume they put it in your arm. They do. But I'm yeah, not I sure. I would too, yeah. Yeah, so maybe it does have something to do with the shoulder. Oh, maybe, maybe I was right does. about that. Maybe you maybe were. it was. What a perfect place to land the plane, Mom. Back with another tongue twister. All right. So your mission this evening, since you're three hours ahead of me and you'll be able to do it, is to uh, give me a call after this thing with uh, Betty. Oh, okay. I will. I'm standing by for that. All right, honey. All right, Mom. I love you. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yes, oh, happy thank Thanksgiving. You That's so much. sorry, Chuck. You so wanted to do a Thanksgiving special, and this is what you got. Yeah, I should have brought props. Screaming and vomiting kids, props. poop in pools, yeah. and so forth. It's best Thanksgiving ever. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll make up for happy it with our Christmas special. All right. Oh, okay. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy holidays. For God's sakes, Mom, the show's over. If you're done, please subscribe, leave some stars, ideally five, five lousy 